When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to episode 46 of Moments That Rock. Moments That Rock is part of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts. I'm your host, Tony Michaelidis, and we're here once a week with about 15 to 20 minute uh, guests. And if they speak too much or have more stories or are old, (laughs) we spread it out into two podcasts split apart by six or seven weeks. Today's guest is Debs Wilde. Debs was instrumental in the discovery of Coldplay. Not instrumental in as much as she performed the solos, but she discovered them, passed them on, and they went on to great things. And she's still involved, but she'll tell you more about her time with Coldplay. I'm Debs Wild. I am fan liaison for Coldplay. Uh, They also call me their web ambassador. I have no idea what that means, but I've been with the band for 25 years, which makes me feel jolly old. And yeah, we met in a tiny little club in Manchester called the Cuba Cafe, which legend has it was a bit of a strip joint, I think, at the place at the time. Um, No, I think it was more salsa dancing, a bit exotic for some some folk, I think, uh, but it was being used as one of the venues during In the City Music Convention. So, yeah, 1998. Obviously, you've had a long association with um, with Coldplay. I heard an interview you did for the BBC, which was great. Tell us some moments <laughs> that rocks your world. It's so hard to kind of try and condense 25 years that, to be honest, the actual moment I saw them was probably the ultimate moment that rocked my world because it cemented what I was kind of doing in the industry in the first place I'd been there a mere two years really I was I was late to the party but um I was living in London went to Manchester to this as we said this convention and everybody had always said you know what what are you looking for and that day was it I just thought this I'm looking for this 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 was just incredible and because it was so life-changing for them and for me I feel like I can't have a moment bigger than that even if I say, well, you know what, when they did the Paralympics closing ceremony in 2012, that was incredible. You know, headlining Glastonbury, that was incredible. Even their first Glastonbury appearance, which was 12 o'clock on a Sunday morning to a half, you know, half filled tent of 
people knew who they were but there have been so many moments but I almost feel like the biggest moment was was the first time because everything that's happened since obviously is from that moment it's that seed but also it feels like it was yesterday I can really picture it quite clearly as if it was you know a recent thing apart from when I look at them on a big stage and think good gracious how did we all make it here it's quite incredible and they just feel you know they're they're ultimately the nicest people I've ever met they've not really changed a lot I mean obviously they've got taller and older and they've got bigger bank balances I suspect but (laughs) but honestly I, I feel like you know if anybody said you know what what is the moment Phil Harvey who manages them by the way um he was asked recently while they were on tour in um Barcelona last month he was speaking on a panel and they'd asked him beforehand to have a little think about what what was the moment that changed everything and we had a really big chat about it because he said I can't say any other moment than you calling us up and saying hi my name's Debs I saw your gig the other day in Manchester and I think you're really great um and I said yeah I feel I feel the same it's like you know that Chris Chris tells a good story and whenever you hear their version of events, I, I let them wax lyrical because for them to say there are only three people in the room and one of them was me <laughs> is not true. Um, I, I recall it differently. There were a lot of people in that room and there were a lot of music industry people in that room, but they weren't listening. They were at the back. They were waiting for a Scandinavian band called the Locomotives to come on. But I remember walking in and thinking, oh, I, you know, this, this band are quite quiet and they looked absolutely terrible I have to say but it was just definitely the kind of you know the moment where you get the goosebumps and the hairs on your arms stick up it was that and I just can't yeah I've thought since we were chatting recently about you know has there been a a moment bigger than that it was a domino effect and I was the first domino to fall that's how we've tried to kind of work it out in our heads since where I said to Phil, because he says, if it wasn't for you, none of this would have happened. And I just said, yes, it would. It just would have taken a different route. So essentially, I saw it, fell in love immediately, uh, ran back to London, told my boss about it. Were you an A&R scout then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, I was an A&R scout that. for Universal Records. And Universal Records, it was a really strange thing, because as a label, it existed in America, and the subsidiary labels, I guess, the MCAs and Geffens were in London, but Universal Records wasn't. So I'd only been there, I think would I say, I think I started, I'd been there about a year um, and we hadn't really signed anything. Um, we, so yes, I was the scout and I obviously went off. We'd, we'd put offers in for a couple of things, Badly Drawn Boy being one of them and we got quite close there. But Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Didn't get that. And then I saw Coldplay. um, And yeah, I, I played it and everybody was like, wow. This is this is amazing, and I said, "Yeah, so you know, let's let's sign it." But back then, I'm not sure how it is now. But back then, it was more like I I, I often say it was more like being an A and R snout than scout because it was like, "What's everybody else doing? Be a spy, not like we'll sign something." I mean, heaven forbid they'd actually sign something. Um, but I thought I was going a bit mad because no one was talking about this band, like no one. I thought, what's what's going on? I'm clearly. It can't just be me. So Caroline was working for BMG Publishing up in Manchester, and therefore we weren't in direct competition. So I sent her a CD, and I rang her up, and I said, like, I'm sending you this CD. You have to listen to it immediately because I think I'm going insane. So I sent it, and the next day waited. I was literally pacing my office thinking, why has she not called me? What? what why is she not called? So it got to 6 o'clock, and I rang her up, and I went, did it arrive? She went, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm bit, I've not listened. I went, put it on now. Yep, frustrating moments when you're desperate for people to hear what you've just discovered, knowing it's going to be huge. You've been listening to Debs Wild on Moments That Rock, and we'll be back with more in a moment. Um, she rang me back within five minutes and literally went, oh, my God. I went, oh, thank I thought it was just me. So she loved it. And basically, um, they had, I think it was Chrissy's dad's friend was their lawyer at the time. And I went, mm, yeah, you need to meet this guy I know. He's lovely. Uh, so Gavin Maud at Russell's. He just had this lovely bedside manner with bands. Like, you know, he wasn't a suit and he wasn't stuffy. He was like, no offence to the rest of them. <laughs> industry lawyers at the time but um I just knew he'd be the right fit so I, I like marched them down to town and waited for them in the pub across the road and then they met they came out and were like yeah yeah we really like him he's going to be our lawyer so 
he was representing Simon Williams and Fierce Panda. So he said, I'm not sure you'll like this band, but, you know, they're really good. You should check them out. And Simon went, oh, I do like this band. So he not only took his best friend, Steve Lamack, to see them, who immediately went, they're pretty good. Um, so Simon Williams put out their first single on Fierce Panda. Steve Lamack gave them their first evening session, the first unsigned band to ever do one. Um, meanwhile, um, Caroline because I think at this point, my boss had pretty much gone, mm, who else likes it? And I went, no one, yay. And he was like, so Caroline played it to Dan Keeling at Parlophone, who at first he'd he'd been to another gig. We'd been to a few gigs by now. And he'd walked out of one going, it's too studenty. Nah, it's not for me. And hadn't liked the demo. Now, me and Dan only realised five years ago, the demo he'd got was their second demo, not the first. So Caroline played him the first one that I'd given her. And he went, oh oh i might need to backtrack a bit so he just backpedaled and apparently he went to gavin Maud and said how do i get back in with this band and gavin said you have to be julia roberts in pretty woman he said you just have to show them the love and he, and he did he just went all out and said you know kind of made a mistake blah 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 but all in all that those people um you know we, we were all instrumental with the introductions if you like that you know without one maybe the other and it would have taken longer, but I still feel, you know, it was the, the right path. It just, yeah, I, I was gutted at the time. It took me about 20 years to get over the fact that my boss passed on it. But I do believe that it was all meant to be the way it went. Because if you look sliding doors kind of thing, I, which Gwyneth Paltrow was in, so there wasn't supposed <laughs> to be a Gwyneth connection. But I often feel like, you know, the, there's something for you. It should it should happen that way. And if it hadn't have gone that way, maybe Yellow wouldn't have been written because they wouldn't have been in that studio at that time with that producer and that meteor shower and all of the other stuff. Yeah, here, here we are 25 years later. So, so Yellow was one of the first songs you heard then, was it? No, it wasn't written. When I, oh, right. like literally, when I, when I saw them, Shiver wasn't written, Yellow wasn't written. There's songs that you might not even know because we were trying to work out what would have been on the set. So their first EP had a song called Bigger Stronger, uh, one called Such a Rush, No More, Keeping My Feet on the Ground. They were the three tracks. So they'll have been in there. There was this god-awful song that all the fandom who've heard it now we love called um, Ode to Deodorant, which I remember saying to Chris, that's not really about deodorant, is it? And he went, yes. <laughs> I thought... I thought, oh, I thought it was some singly veiled, disguised, disguised kind of like drug reference or something. And then you get to know Chris and go, no, it's not about that at all, because he's such a clean living fellow. Um, but yeah, so there, there was Panic, which then turned into Don't Panic. Well, there's not really any songs in that early set that that made it, really. Did they sign a, a publishing deal then before a record deal? No, they were uh -huh. very... They were very traditional in the fact that even though Caroline had seen it first and her and her boss Ramage were very keen, they were like, yeah, we want to do records first, just in that order. They knew they were always going to sign to BMG, but they wanted to sign the record deal. So they signed to Parlophone and then very soon after, less than a couple of months, I think, they, they signed to BMG. So, yeah. 
I'm not an A&R person, and it's interesting to hear what you said there because you can't sign bands that are in your record collection. You have to think, I mean, when I was promoting records, I used to put myself in the position of the head of music. Would I play this record, you know? And, of course, you've got to get the records played to stay in work and stuff, but you have to think of the commercial element. But looking at it as a layman from nothing to do with my time in the industry and thinking, well, you know, if the songs are there, you don't have to talk to the lead singer about what he needs to look like. I mean, the moment he smiles, and I'm not being sexist, but you're going to have women swooning over him and stuff. He has the basic ingredients, which uh, I remember listening to an interview on YouTube just when I was out walking one morning, and Ed Sheeran was like a a, a kind of plus in the business. It's like, just be nice to people. And it's like, because I always say like, you know, Ed Sheeran and, 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 and Adele, she was very sassy, you know, I mean, Simon Cowell would never sign an artist like this. And she sells more records than the rest of the industry put together, you know. But she was a little overweight. Well, you need to stop smoking. You know, you can't swear like this. It's not that. It's because the public, at the end of the day, determine it all. But Chris, maybe, maybe, you know, with a bit of money behind him and some, you know, some money spent in the studio and things like that can, can produce better demos that eventually, you know, you guys team them up with the right, um, producers and all that kind of things and choosing the singles. But the basic ingredients are there. And if they're, because you have to be able to work with these people as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that because two two things that popped into my head. First of all, the songs were not there. So I wasn't standing there going, these songs are amazing. I There was something about the the vocal, which is so different to the vocal that, that followed. It was very Jeff Buckley. It's very ethereal. The Johnny's guitar sound was definitely there, but it was more of a feeling, the potential of something. They looked, like I say, absolutely terrible. And also, I remember Phil Sachs won't mind me saying this, but he did an interview on TV once, and he practically said that the reason I like them and that Caroline followed liking them was because, oh, you know, they were boys and they were good looking. And it was like, well, that's insulting to me as a female in the industry, and also totally wrong if I, if I would tell you if they look fit. They didn't. There was no swooning at that time. There was no, there wasn't even star quality. There was definitely a character in there. There was also something about him that people didn't like, which was he chatted a lot. He was friendly to the crowd. He'd give out curly whirlies and sweets. And, you know, it was really bizarre. I mean, he used to miss the cue so many times and headbutt the microphone. It was not polished performance. It was almost the opposite. There was something charming and naive about it and raw. Yet, if you then historically look back, it was like Chris was only meant to do this. There was no second plan B kind of thing. It was, he was made to do this. It was like he knew this was his destiny. And when you watch it go along and think, Oh God, yeah, of course. When you see him now, that's that's where he belongs. It's incredible, evolving thing. But actually, yeah, I didn't realise when I saw him. All I thought to go back to what you said is, you know, I didn't have my label hat hat on. All I thought was fan. I love music. That's why I'm in the music industry. I love this. Somebody else will love this. Like you said, stories. If you love somebody's story, somebody else is going to love it. And I just thought this moves me. And if it moves me, and I'm a music fan. You know, I couldn't predict that they were going to be the biggest band in the world or sell millions of albums, but I felt something. And it was that that feeling of, you know, me telling them that, you know, don't sign that crap deal over there because it's the only deal. Just wait, because if I love it, somebody's going to love it. And just having the faith 
and the belief and the hope. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely wasn't the polished finished article. I was going to show you something actually, by the way, if you didn't mind. No, far away. Because um, I, I did do, I'm doing a plug. I did do a book. Oh, great. I won't go into it. I got conned into this book. But this thing here da, 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 says Band Plan 1998. Says number one, rehearse with Champ. That's Will, the drummer. Then it says number two, first gig, three, studio demo. Then it says second gig, third gig, fourth gig, win demo clash, fifth gig, get signed. And then at the bottom, Chris has ticked it and gone, yes, marvellous. And then there's a list of every gig. So they've done 10 gigs before I saw them. And then it all started to happen. But even though that looks like, oh, how cute. They literally had that pinned up as a 10 steps and number 10 is get signed. And there you have it. Deb's Wild and the evolution of Coldplay from signing them to how they developed into what they became. And also... Great nostalgic moments remembering how did that happen. Wonderful. There'll be part two of uh, Deb's on a future podcast. This has been Moments That Rock with me, Tony Michael. This part of the Panty Group of Podcasts. Come back and join us next week and subscribe if you like what you hear. And of course, just to remind you that this podcast is now weekly. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.